Welcome to Obsessed Show, a podcast that is designed to inspire, featuring some of the most creative people in the world. I'm your host, Josh Miles. Let's talk about today's episode. Today on Obsessed Show, I'm chatting with creative entrepreneur and founder of Flurn, Aaron Nace. Although he went to school to be an industrial designer, Aaron fell in love with photography and later founded Flurn, an online Photoshop, Lightroom, and photography platform to bring free creative education to anyone around the world. Okay guys, quick note on this episode. It sounds for a little bit like Aaron is caught inside of an electric guitar phaser. Uh, I promise there's a lot of good content here, so we'll promise to get that straightened out for future episodes. Be sure and listen all the way through to get that discount at the end. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Aaron Nace. Okay, kids, from just a few hours north of me, all the way from Chicago, Aaron Nace. Aaron, welcome to Obsessed Show. Thanks so much. So good to be here. Well, um, I had a really funny thing happen this week where I had two guys named Aaron, little did I know, <laughs> who were lined up to speak at the exact same time because I sent both of your assistants the same info. In fact, I was kind of frustrated when one of them said, wait, when are we speaking? <laughs> then I realized there were two different Aarons that I'd scheduled for the same time. So, <laughs> so you got your, Aaron? the only reason I found out was because he had to reschedule. So in a couple of weeks, we'll let you know who that other Aaron is, but it was it was hilarious. And then we had another woman who was emailing me from two different email addresses the same week. So I was, I was all kinds of messed up, but I'm glad we got it straightened out. And I'm glad we got the correct Aaron first here. I hope I'm the correct Aaron. I mean, <laughs> well, you're the one we're recording. So, so who knows? Maybe oh, the no, other guy's the right like, Aaron? <laughs> he can't get through. He can't get through. <laughs> well, hey, I, I want to talk all about Flurn, especially because I know you've been very generous and you're giving our our audience a discount code at the end of the show. But before we jump into that, um, so listeners stick around for the end of the show to get the discount code. Um, I want to hear about your origin story because just reading your bio, it sounds like you t may have taken a bit of a left turn on your way uh, to being an <laughs> industrial designer. So I'm curious, um, both kind of what was your inspiration in becoming an industrial designer in the first place? And then you know, photography meets education meets online stuff, like which of those things came first? So, so fill us in. Yeah, totally. It's kind of all over the place. So as a kid, we're going to rewind it back to when I was just a little kid. Take that way back machine all the way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back. crank it back. Um, I spent a lot of time in my room just like drawing and, and creating things. I love like Ninja Turtle toys and I would like arrange them into different scenes and then draw them and create all these like really cool action scenes and like that part of like the visual creative part of me was it's always been a, for as long as I can remember my parents gave me full reign over my room they allowed me to I painted giant murals on my walls when I, I mean it was a young young kid and they were like go for it dude and so I gotta think <laughs> my parents <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean I was like uh, you know at the time I was like yeah paint my room but looking back I'm like damn they're like really let me do whatever I want uh, which was so cool. So I got to hand it to them. Being like a visual artist has always been a part of me. So I've always been like a constant experimenter, like always looking for something new and interesting. And also like just as far as my life goes, I always wanted to just do something that was actually interesting to me, like a passion. It was never like, oh, what job can I get that's just going to like pay me well or do whatever. Like it was always just like, 
what can I do that's actually interesting to me and going to be interesting for, for the long term? So uh, I started out with industrial design, which is basically like product design, uh, doing a lot of drawing and a lot of like uh, coming up with ideas like, hey, this, you know, this object uh, works in this way. Let's say you're designing a piece of furniture. It's like, I think this piece of furniture could be improved in this and this and this way. And then you design it and even make mock-ups and things like that. And just kind of like work on, you know, testing your ideas in the real world. And so I wound up going to school for industrial design and had an absolute blast. Uh, by the time I was done with school, I was like, okay, this is so cool. I loved industrial design, but I wasn't super psyched about the like the the workplace uh like the the path for industrial designers like that just didn't mm -hmm. seem to match with like what i wanted to do with my life at that time like i you know who knows it was probably just hubris i was like i'm gonna do my own thing like i don't want to go work for some other company like i'm gonna do it myself uh so that was very much my mentality when i got out of school so i was like well this is a little bit of a crisis situation because I went to school for this thing, I'm graduating, and I actually don't want to go down this career path. Nothing to do with the career itself, just like the idea of, you know, doing like a slow work your way up in this big system for years and years and years and years just didn't seem to fit with like what I wanted to do. Uh, so I just took some time off. I, I traveled, uh, saved a bunch of money, and just went to South America and just like used a year to kind of clear my head and figure out what I wanted to do. And um, when I was there, I fell in love with photography. And this was like totally out of left field. I had like no idea. In fact, I had a friend who was a photographer in college and I always used to give him shit because I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I had this idea that photography was just this super easy thing where like all you're doing Come on, is- man, that's not a major. <laughs> right. You know, I was just like, I was being, you know, kind of an asshole, to be honest. I just like, to me, I was like, you gotta, you know, that's not creating art with your hands. You just push a pick, you just push a button. And, uh, you know, obviously I was wrong uh, in, in that <laughs> mentality because photography is an art form and it is incredibly difficult and you can create some beautiful, wonderful things and it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic art form. On a, and it completely stands alone from all others. Uh, you know, me being a designer, focusing primarily on drawing, I had some preconceived notions of what art and design was, but I was totally wrong. Uh, so went from this idea of thinking photography wasn't even like a thing into just falling heads over heels in love with photography. And this was after graduating college. And I really yeah. had never picked up a camera in my life before this. Like, you know, iPhones weren't even a thing, right? This was like, you know, we're talking about 2002, 2003, 2004. So yeah. uh, this was just, it kind of just blew my mind open into this new world. And when I got back from this trip, I'm like, I got to do this photography thing. I just, I, I have to, like, it, there, there were so many things that were interesting and like difficult and, you know, like pulled my curiosity. And this wasn't like, a job. This is not like, I got to do this photography thing as a job. So when I got back, I actually did work as an industrial designer for a few years, but this photography thing was still like, you know, every, every second, spare second I had, I was thinking about photography. And uh, that kind of like journey just kind of tumbled into the fact where down the line, I was like, you know what? I'm here at work thinking about photography and I'm not doing justice 
you know, to my job. I'm like, I shouldn't be paid anymore. Like this has got to stop, right? <laughs> so, so what was it about photography, especially in South America? Was it, you know, portraits or people, or was it landscapes? Was it, was it the, you know, you discovered depth of field or, or developing film or what, what was it that hooked you? You know, I, I think the interesting thing was, and I was super lucky to just be on this, you know, like year long adventure, right? It's like the adventure of my life. And when you're in a situation where you're constantly traveling and you're surrounded by things that are inspiring, like you kind of have this like rainbow colored glasses on all the time. Like everything looks cool. Everything is beautiful. You're in love with everything you see. And photography was just a way for me to like bring it all in. Cause I, I, I felt while I was there that this was a very special time in my life, you know? Yeah. So I was like, I just got to capture this. Like I gotta, I gotta be able to remember all this stuff for the rest of my life. And because I was surrounded by such amazing content, like this, the, the stuff in front of me was great, even though my photography skills weren't really anything at all. And I was using a point and shoot camera, by the way, this was yeah. not a fancy uh, thing at all. Uh, but because I was just in so many interesting places, uh, a lot of the photographs I took were very interesting photos. And again, it had nothing to do with my skill. It was just the fact that I was there and I had a camera with me. So I got back and looked through my images, showed family and friends, and it was like, wow, some of these pictures are like really, really cool. And that just kind of like threw me into, into photography, head over heels. So fast forward us to, to Flern and, and give us the pitch. Tell us, you know, I, I sort of <laughs> talked a little bit about it on the, in the intro in your bio, but, but sure, like sure. where did, how did this all come to be? Yeah. So moving from that point and shoot camera, which is where I got my start into, uh, learning how to use a digital SLR and then learning how to use lighting and then props and wardrobes and, you know, backgrounds and production, things like that. That sort of thing, you know, was on the photography side that kind of like I was building that. But at the same time, I had this background in design and I had a background in Photoshop from school, but I was doing mostly like product rendering in Photoshop. Yeah, so yeah. no, no photo editing in Photoshop, but I was pretty familiar with the program because I was drawing in it a lot. It was like my main rendering and composition tool that I was using as a designer. So one day, the kind of just like, oh man, I have this kind of like out there conceptual idea that I want to do. I can't possibly just pull this off in a photograph. Maybe I can use some of these things that I have learned in Photoshop and start combining them together. And when that happened, it just kind of like, you know, the emoji with the head exploding, right? <laughs> right. It just changed everything. I realized that I could use Photoshop and my love of photography to just create new things that personally I had never seen before. And that was like my main goal. It always has been as the creative is like, what, like I have this crazy idea, something that I want to see exist in the world that's not already out there. And I want it to be, I want this to exist. So I'm going to make it, you know, that was, that was the whole idea. So pushing my Photoshop, uh, you know, skills in one hand, pushing my photography skills in the other and coming together to create these like out of this world conceptual images. 
And at the time I was posting images online and I started getting questions like, how did you do this, dude? Like yeah. what? I've never seen anything like this. Like what's going on here? And that simple, like one or two emails here and there turned into a couple of classes. I would do like one-on-one -on -one classes, like, you know, kind of like we're talking right now that rolled into pre-recorded video, which, you know, rolled into a YouTube channel. And here we are hundreds and hundreds of videos later. And it's been 10 years since day one of making these videos. And uh, we're still doing the same thing, sharing our love of creation, both on the photography side and the Photoshop side. And uh, we've expanded out to teaching other, pro other programs and other platforms for, you know, larger groups of creatives. And it's all about the idea that, you know, anything that you have in your mind that you want to create, you know, we want to help you get there. We want to give you the tools and the education to make that possible. So I've got maybe a, a parallel story to you when it comes to photography and, and Photoshop and that, like I had, I had one whole class uh, in graphic design school uh, in photography and it was all film and it was all developing and it was really difficult. Um, and it never really stuck for me, but lots of Photoshop and most of the Photoshop work that we would do as graphic designers was to composite the really lousy stock photos that we had available at the time because they were never big enough or wide enough or whatever. So I get to be really good at Photoshop, but I've just recently started, you know, going down the, the YouTube rabbit hole of photography and video and trying to figure these things out. And the other day I was on YouTube and this, you know, little ad pops up in between and this guy's doing all this amazing composite work and making these super cinematic images. And they're like, you know, tune in for our, our guest instructor, Aaron Nace. And I was like, I'm talking to this guy in a couple of days. <laughs> so there he is. He's, he's on the YouTube. So that was, that was pretty hilarious to, to just sort of accidentally come across you in a pitch. But, but that, a side point, that photo compositing course looks really cool. Right on. Yeah. And we have, you know, on flurn.com, we've got courses on all types of stuff. So if you're interested in doing like the hyper creative, you know, uh, putting like lighting a person's head on fire, creating like, you know, out of this world, like other planets and civilizations and doing all that sort of thing. Plus we've got the photography and then we've got a lot of more like real world skills too, like, uh, mm. you know, high end professional retouching and that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, it's all just kind of stemmed out of this like passion of like, you know, there are, there's so many amazing things that you can do. Your creativity is like the starting point. And, you know, there are professionals out there who are already doing this stuff. And if mm -hmm. we can bring their skills to you, it's just going to make your job. It's going to accept like, like speed up your you know, your time plan, you know, instead of taking years and years and years for you to be able to do what you want to do now, you know, a couple months worth of classes. And it's like, Oh man, like I really know Photoshop now I can literally do anything that I want to do. Like amazing. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. And, and as much as I had used Photoshop a ton, I Lightroom was completely foreign to me. So I've just sort of been learning that in the last couple months. And, and it's kind of mind blowing what all you can do with a with a raw image and how far you can take it before you even have to open Photoshop, which is pretty cool. It's nuts. And we just released a class on flurn.com on Lightroom for desktop and mobile, which is their new cloud-based editing software where you can start your edit on your computer and then move to your tablet and your phone and everything syncs over the cloud. So 
the I'm telling you, it's it's the future of photo editing. It's yeah. a, such an amazing platform. And I was personally, I've been a Lightroom Classic user for you know many many years. And for this new program to come out, I was a little bit on the skeptical side. But after using it, I got to tell you, I'm completely blown away. Like professional photo editing on your phone is here. It is a real thing. And as a professional photographer with over 10 years in the business, I can like, I say that with confidence. I'm not paid by Adobe to say that. Like it's, it's here. You can most definitely do professional edits on your phone, which I'm, to me, I'm blown away. So we got to, I'll get you a subscription to flurn.com because it's like a, you know, just like Netflix, you get every single video with your subscription. Yeah. So I'll get you a subscription. You can watch that, uh, pro tutorial and let me know your thoughts uh, because I, you know, that'll take you from zero to a hundred. Sweet. That sounds awesome. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. For so sure. I asked this question of all of our guests and, and I found that almost every guest would say, I don't have a typical day. Every day is crazy. Every day. Is different. <laughs> so, so maybe give me theoretically <laughs> what, what the average day looks like for you. How much of your time are you, um, you know, recording videos or writing new content or are you, you know, out in the field shooting stuff or behind your computer doing edits or on your, on your tablet doing mobile photo editing. What's it, what's it look like these days? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> my job is all over the place. You know, uh, I have a, a photo studio. We're here in Chicago and, uh, we basically run a educational platform, like a, a content education company. So, uh, day in and day out, we're creating a, like tutorials, basically. I am in a lot of the tutorials teaching, you know, the photography and Photoshop things that I've learned over years of experience. We also have other creatives come and share their skills on our platform as well. So in creating content, there's a lot that goes into uh, the, the pre-production side of things. You know, once mm -hmm. I actually sit down and I'm on camera and like delivering the tutorial, that's actually the easy part. Most of the energy and most of the effort comes in the pre-production and the planning of this tutorial content. I would say it's like a, it, it's probably about half of the energy is spent beforehand and then 25% is spent actually recording the content and then another 25% is spent editing it and you know put, we have a team of video editors who you know put this put these tutorials together so editing it packaging it marketing it and and putting it out there so it's a uh, you know thankfully i've got a fantastic team of people who kind of handle every step along the way so the deal is when when everything's functioning like at peak i am behind the camera as much as possible and we have other creatives behind the camera as much as possible but so much has to go in before and after for anyone to be on camera so it's like one of those things where like if i could just be on camera all day every day perfect i would love that like we would be cranking but it's you know every time i get on camera we're talking about days and days and days of preparation with teams of people deciding on like how we're going to deliver this content so um it, it's a lot of it's a lot of conceptualization. Uh, I'm on camera a bunch. And then also, you know, like I built an online business and I am a computer technology lover, but 
at the same time, I try to have as much balance in my life as possible. So uh, I'm also, I'm like an amateur horticulturist. Uh, <laughs> I'm is crazy nuts about plants. You can see some plants behind me here. Uh, I'm just like an absolute nut. So I spend a few hours of my workday uh, working and caring for plants because it's time for it's time away from the computer. It's time where I can connect with something real, uh, a different type of energy. And for me, it, it helps me stay balanced. So, you know, when I'm on camera, when I'm working on my computer, I can deliver my 100% all, uh, you know, th that being a on-camera performer, I mean, I'm, I'm teaching, so, mm -hmm. but it's still an being on camera can be super exhausting. Uh, so I find that time when I spend, you know, working with my plants and caring for my plants, uh, it helps me to balance that like tech, 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 performance, performance, business side of my brain. I'm able to balance that out and still come into work every day with a fresh attitude and ready to get in there and do my thing. Yeah, that's awesome. So when you're, when you're out in the field shooting, you know, I've heard plenty of photographers say the best, the best camera is the one you have with you, but, um, maybe geek out with us for a second. What, what's your favorite gear? What are your, what are your favorite things to shoot with right now? Yeah. So I am, I'm in an interesting phase in my life when it comes to technology where it's like, you know, I've got a lot of years in this, right? It's like, I've seen cameras come and go so many times and I've used so many cameras over the years. To, it's like the quality of your photographs has nothing to do with the camera. I mean, right. sure, you might have like more grain in one versus another, but like what's going to make an interesting photograph that has nothing to do with the camera that you use. So again, I'm super fortunate in, in where I'm at. I have a, you know, a team of people like uh, Lupe, who you spoke to earlier, mm -hmm. she kind of handles, uh, she's basically like studio manager, plus like, you know, she, all the podcasts and things like that. So basically, when a new fancy piece of gear comes out, we just sell the old stuff and just get the new one, which I know is a super, like, oh, well, you guys must be rich or whatever. <laughs> but th the deal is, you know, if you got a camera that's a year and a half you know, a year and a half old, uh, and you sell it, well, you might lose five or 600 bucks on the cost that you paid for it, right? And then you buy a new one, which is maybe uh, two or $300 more than the old one. So you're looking at a, you know, maybe a $800 difference, but that's over the course of two years. So that's basically, we have like a $400 a year camera budget which <laughs> right. if you say you it like that, first that one it's not so bad right because we sell the other one it's not like yeah. we have these are you know collecting dust we sell it someone else is going to get to use it they'll love it like it's i feel really good about that so you know also we're in the education and like we're uh you know we're a company that we're an audio visual education company so it makes sense for us to have like uh decent gear right we we want to like you know you don't trust a uh, a hair like a you know what's a haircut person a, but, a, a barber a, a barber Salon. a hairstylist Salonist. yeah you know <laughs> yeah you know like a, a barber if it looks like they haven't like washed their hair or cut their hair in a couple of years it's like you know what are you going to do to my head you know what i mean so it's a little bit of that but it's a little bit of like well 
technology is super cool and I always want to be on the cutting edge. And if you sell your old stuff and get the new thing, it's, it's really, it's really not that big of an investment. Uh, I know it sounds a little bit crazy, but you know, we're talking about a few hundred dollars a year and as a working professional to me, that's like, come on, I spend that on an Adobe creative cloud subscription. You know what I mean? That's, right. it's just part of the professional. Uh, yeah. This is another tool that you have to, yeah. have to do your job. Exactly. Exactly. You know, like you could work on a super, you know, uh, yeah, I, I don't need to keep beating this dead horse. <laughs> you don't have to justify your gear purchase to me. I've got, well, I've got my I own gear weird. habit to put up with. Yeah, I feel weird about it for many, many years. I just hung on to the same camera and it would get five, six, seven years old. And then I just be like, well, it's still good. It's still good. And it was still good. Like it was totally fine. But just recently I've kind of like switched my mentality and I'm like, no, you know what? Sell it. Someone else is going to love this camera. So we'll just get the new one and, you know, it'd be, it'd be fine. Yeah, that's the great thing about camera gear is that it kind of kind of holds most of the value, uh, especially if you don't hold it, you know, for forever. But in the first couple of years, you can yeah you can still do all right, especially with the, the glass and lenses. And, and I don't sell any of my lenses. That's yeah. that those we keep, you know. Yeah, so if you're just switching up, yeah, yeah. I mean, I only have a few lenses too. I've got um, I've got a few twenty four to seventies. I've got you know twenty four to one five. I've got a seventy two hundred and eighty five, a thirty five, twenty four, like not that many, but you know, you just switch out your camera bodies. And then like right now I shoot mostly with a Sony, but I have a bunch of Canon glass. So I just bought an adapter. It was like 300 bucks. And like, I can keep all my Canon glass and still shoot with like the new fancy Sony. So, yeah, or if like awesome. Can Canon comes out with a dope camera in a couple of years that beats all the Sony's, I'll just get that, you know? So nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, you were talking about, um, you know, painting your your room <laughs> when you were younger and how cool your parents were. I feel like I know your mom having watched your YouTube video where you were <laughs> teaching her how to use Photoshop. You watched that? Aw- nice. I did. I did. That was, that was pretty awesome. And <laughs> I feel like your mom yeah. has to be like at least pretty, pretty familiar, know her way around the computer. Cause she, she seemed to figure it out pretty quickly. It was awesome. She's, I got, I gotta say, like, I don't think she would ever say that she's like good with technology, but she really is. Uh, she picks things up very, very quickly. And, uh, that was such a fun video. I'm so glad you watched it because we, we, we released it on Tuesday, just a couple of days ago, uh, at the time of this recording, my parents were both in town recently and, uh, Katie, my partner, she was like, dude, you gotta have your mom on. Like, you know, she's like a, she's a ham. Like she loves to be on camera like me. That's where I got it from, you know? And, uh, I was like, cool, let's do this. So we got an old picture of me from when I was like, you know, six or seven years old. Like, you know, I was a little kid. Uh, we scanned it into the computer and she did all the Photoshop. I was just sitting here next to her, like, all right, press that click here, click there. But she did all the Photoshop. And to me, that's like, that's like the whole culmination of like, you don't have to go to, you know, university to learn Photoshop. Like my mom did Photoshop, like in a pretty good job at it, like in a couple of minutes. And that was literally her first time ever using Photoshop. Yeah. And it was such, you know, practical things too. Like, Hey, here's how to crop and straighten the image and here's how to fix the red eye. So it was things that literally anybody might want to do with a photo. It wasn't anything crazy or super complicated, just real basic things that greatly improve how much she will probably enjoy that image now. Totally, totally. And that's the fun thing about this stuff. And I get this question a lot, like, like, how do you know when you're done? Like, how do you know, you know, like, 
how do you know how far you want to take an image? And it's all about like, what do you want to do with your images, right? Like sometimes all you need to do is like a little color correction and it's good. Like the image is already like really, really good. Like you don't have to do crazy stuff, but other times maybe you have an idea in your head where you want to make someone look like they're floating on the moon. And in that case, you're going to be using the more advanced tools. You're going to be using more advanced techniques and you're, you're going to have to stretch your brain a little bit to figure out like, okay, I want this person to look like they're floating on the moon. How do we make it look realistic? You know, like, do we get a stock photo of the moon? Yeah, cool. We have to analyze the lighting of the stock photo of the moon and then try to recreate that in our studio. Probably. Should we try to like rent a spacesuit from like a local place or like make one out of cardboard? Cause that's fun too. You know, so all <laughs> these things come together. And then at the end of the project, you've got someone floating on the moon and it's like, Whoa, I did that. It's super cool. Nice. Um, so it sounds like the range of people who might be a good fit for your platform is everything from, you know, professional photo compositor to, to your mom, but like um, <laughs> it's literally my all, mom, yeah. all your mom jokes aside, um, like who, who do you feel like is kind of the, the ideal fit or do you guys have kind of a sweet spot of who, who a typical user might be? You know, it's crazy because like the photography world is expanding like never before because we all have cameras with us at, you know, like our smartphones, like really good cameras, I'm like constantly blown away. So everyone is a photographer these days when they realize that or not, you know, maybe they're not being paid for their photography, but like most people are taking pictures like day in and day out. And some of those people are like, cool. I want to see what I can do to this. I want to make my images a little bit better. Maybe I want to just like, I took this photo. It was a little bit dark. How do I lighten it up? You know, and there are a bunch of apps right there on your phone that you can use, but that's like the starting place. And from there it goes like, you know what? I'm actually pretty into this photography thing. Maybe I'll look into getting like a standalone camera with like a larger sensor and like a, you know, lens that's going to let more light in and give you some nice depth of field. So then that's the next step. And then the next step is like, wait, maybe I can get paid for this. <laughs> maybe <laughs> <laughs> I love doing this. People seem to like my photos. Maybe I can get paid for that. So we're kind of there for every step along the way, right? From all the way to like, hey, I'm just having fun. I want to make my images a little bit better. Cool. We're there for you all the way to like, I am a working professional. I need to learn professional retouching. This is another uh, package that I can deliver to my clients. You know, everything from, you know, from beginning to end, we provide the entire range of, of education. So you can, so you can take your career all the way from like, cool, I like Instagram all the way to, hey, I'm a working professional. Not to say that you need to get to the place where you're a working professional. There are plenty of people who, you know, just want to do this as a hobby. Uh, but we provide education for any step along the way. Well, I, I think you kind of alluded to this a little bit, but you know, when I think about, I, I promise it's connected, but when you think about finances, one of the miracles of finance is compound interest. And I, I feel like when you learn new skills, that confidence is one of those things that can compound as well. Um, do you find that as people kind of get into Flurn and learn one or two of the things that they've been dying to learn that they're, that they're more likely to say, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm done now. Or are they going to jump in and, and watch all the other videos? I think it depends, you know, definitely a lot of our users. And I think about when I'm creating content and uh, you know, I think about how I learn 
sometimes when I, I just need to get something done, right? Like, and usually I'll turn to YouTube. Like, ah, I just want to make this thing. Like, for instance, I started making kombucha the other day, which is like, a, you can as buy you it. At, <laughs> yeah, as you do. Most like grocery. I'm, I'm like a constant experimenter. I'm always making, trying something new. Uh, so I wanted to learn how to make kombucha the other day. And so I watched a YouTube video about it, right? And like, okay, cool. Like, I think I could probably do that. So I got the supplies together and I started making kombucha and it wasn't that good. Uh, but now it's been a few months and like, I'm making pretty good kombucha, like regularly. Uh, so that's like one part of education, right? I just want to like get this thing done. But then like, if I was like, oh, you know what? I think I could like quit my job and like start a kombucha company. Uh, <laughs> I need to know a lot more about that in order to do that, you know, we want to provide those tutorials as well. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, cool. Well, like, yeah, here, here's what you need to know to start your own kombucha company. We're just teaching it for photography and Photoshop and photo editing. So it, it really is kind of like a, a guess and check. You know, some people are just in there, like they want to get the basics done. They want to just like learn how to do something. And then other people are more like lifelong learners or like they're, they're, they're ready to take their passion to the next level. They're like, okay, I'm going to take this thing and really, really run with it. Uh, I want every possible educational resource I can have, and uh, so we have it's, it, we have a, a split between between both other uh, audiences. Cool. Well, you know, a lot of our creatives, of course, we're we're all creative. We experience lots of lots of highs and lows and dips and whatnot. So when you hit one of those dips, or you know, the the creativity flow just isn't happening, or you, know, you get stuck on a project. Um, what are some, some tips that you have for kind of coming out of that or what, what's your approach when you get stuck? Yeah, that's, we all deal with that. <laughs> it's very, very true. Um, so I found that like everything that I do outside of the creative field, super duper influences what I do inside of my creative field. So for instance, like, you know, exercise, I know it's one of those things where like, yeah, of course you should exercise. But like when I'm right, it's like I've gone through many periods of my life when I haven't exercised at all for like months and months or even years. And like, I find myself like, I don't have any energy. I don't feel inspired. I don't, you know, it's like, why? Cause it's like my yeah, why body. Does my back hurt. Why, why, yeah, what, how did I wake up I, injured? <laughs> yeah. Why can't I support my own weight? Just like standing up for a couple hours. And then it's like, Oh, it's cause I'm just incredibly weak and I've been sitting in a chair for three years. Like, so that's my own personal experience is like when I'm exercising, I'm, you know, getting rid of that stress. I'm also just keeping my energy levels up. So this is something that I do. that's nothing to do with the creative side, but it just keeps me running a little bit better in the rest of my life. So that's one thing. Uh, the other thing is like taking breaks. Like I said, mentioned earlier, I work a lot with my plants. So like I'm at work, you know, uh, at the studio often from, you know, I, I would say anywhere from eight to 12 hours a day. So I'm here a lot, mm. but like a quarter of that time, I'm not looking at a computer. I'm not answering emails. I'm cooking a delicious meal. I'm making kombucha and I'm working with my plants. Like I'm doing these other things in my life that have nothing to do with this, uh, to, with my work and my creativity. And that is just like, it's bringing my head back to like even keel, normal, like, Oh, I was super stressed out about this phone call that I had or like, 
damn it, like our profits aren't what they need to be this month. And like, we're losing money. And I'm just like, stress the heck out. Like, you know, what am I going to do? And then like, take a break, go hang out with your plants. And then after an hour of that, it's like, you know what, it's going to be fine. Totally cool. So I would say it's just like, it's taken me a long time to get here, but like everything that I do outside of my job is all around, like just making sure that my mind and body is staying like as good as possible. So that way when I'm in my job and I'm doing my job, like my mind and body, it's already taken care of, you know, this is not something that like I need to focus on. Um, but it requires like, you know, yeah. But I'll tell you one thing when I go to the gym, uh, I have an iPad and like headphones. I just like watch like HBO, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it's not something that's gotta be like, Oh God, I gotta go to the gym. You know, it's just like, I put HBO up there. I put Netflix up there. And before I know it, I've gone five miles on the treadmill and I'm like, you know what? I'm good. So <laughs> the mindless know. workout. That's, that's awesome. You can just focus on whatever you want and make your body do the, the rest. Yeah, my body's happy for it. So I was talking to, um, actually, as of this recording, we haven't aired the episode, but it'll be the episode right before you, was with a guy named Mark Silber, um, who released, released a book recently called Create. There's a longer title to it, but we were talking about a similar topic, and and he said you know, his secret is just just go for a walk, like his his way to shake things off and to kind of get himself back to inspiration and back to creativity. It's amazing just, just to disconnect. So, so similar to what you're talking about, whether it's, you know, taking care of the plants or making dinner or cooking up a big vat of kombucha. <laughs> I think it's, uh, it's all, it's all related, right? It's all related, you know, because like stress is the enemy of creativity. It really, really is. Like whenever I'm like, oh, I gotta think of something cool right now. Like you're never gonna think of anything cool in that moment. Like my cool ideas come when I'm like in the shower or like, you know, totally like, the same. you know, having a cup of tea, just like in the park, sitting under a tree, just like staring at nothing. And I'm like, oh, that would be cool. I want to do that. You know, like, yes, it's <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, counterintuitive but yeah just like getting away from that environment and just like taking a break and this doesn't mean you have to go on like an expensive vacation like sometimes i'll just do vacations where like i'll just take a day off of work and just like hang around my house and like get my closet cleaned up and like go for a long walk and like you know get some things in my life in order and then by the end of it it's like oh yeah i'm i'm good to go like i'm, I'm not stressed out anymore cool now i can perform better yeah it's funny that in like uh, advertising circles, it's kind of the opposite and it's almost like the cult of the last second. And I, I think it's probably like the euphoria of the endorphins of being down to the last second and still solving the problem in a decent way. And then you sort of get used to that. But I, I totally agree, you know, staying out of that super stressed last second world and just unplugging. I mean, have, have you, have you ever worked in that space where it was kind of the the deadline driven mentality of, of everything's last second. I mean, I've just like felt like that in my life in general for like years <laughs> and years and years, you know, like, yes. And it sucks. So like, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> you know, um, I've been a business owner now for over 10 years. So I don't create that culture in my in work environment. Uh, 
sometimes it just happens because we don't do, you know, whatever, some things happen, right? Like someone's out of town for a week and then like everyone, you know, like I'm out of town for a, for a week and then I get back and I just got to like crank really hard to get something out. Or like, of course, like, you know, I'm not saying everything is going to flow smoothly all the time, but like, you know, I'm also just like not trying to live stressed out like that. No, thank you. Like I'm trying to be old. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be like a old, 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 happy, healthy person, you know, like I'm trying to, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to like, you know, burn myself out when I'm young and then, you know, like whatever, have all kinds of, you know, paying for my actions when I'm older. I'm just trying to like, you know, let's be the tortoise here. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's, uh, let's, you know, let's take, <laughs> let's take things <laughs> as slow and chill as possible while still like, you know, like doing a good job and like getting your job done. But like, you know, at the end of the day, like, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm not trying to be stressed out, man, because I tell you, I was in the hospital a couple years ago for a heart issue. And that mm. was not cool. That was a very scary thing. And I feel that I was just stressing myself out because no one else was doing it to me. I'm the business owner, right? Like it yeah. was just me. I was doing it to myself. I was stressing myself like crazy, putting so much pressure on myself and I wound up in the hospital. And after that, I was like, you know what? Not worth it. Not going to do this anymore. I don't care. Maybe I'll make a little bit less money, whatever. I'm not yeah. going to do this. So uh, that was a big wake up call for me. Uh, I hope, you know, for anyone listening, it doesn't take a trip to the hospital to get a wake up call. Um, you know, but again, I had to go through that to be like, oh, this is not working. Like, 100% no. Like, 180. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to take more time out for work. I'm going to chill the F out. Like, I am changing the way that I think about my career and my life and my business. Like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to stick around for a long time. You never know. I mean, you know, life is full of random acts of whatever. But if I can keep myself out of the hospital by keeping my own stress under control, that's my plan. Yeah. The best you know, of my I was, uh, I similarly, I was, I didn't get as far as the hospital, but about four years ago, I was the, the heaviest I had ever been, you know, about an extra 30 pounds on me and the miles men put all their weight, like in their face and in their belly. So like, we're all <laughs> like skinny fat guys or fat skinny guys, depending on how you want to call that. And, uh, it was, it was just the most unhealthy I'd ever been. And I was, I was stressed and I was working a ton and I was at the airport and I saw this, um, I'm, I'm like six one. So I saw this tall, uh, older guy who was in great shape. He was probably, I guess he might've been 70 years old and he just cruised by in the airport and he's just, you know, looks good and he was in good shape. And I thought, man, that guy, he's got to be double my age and he, looks like he's in way better shape than I am. And how sad is that? So that was kind of my wake up call to get the, get the health thing, get my eating in check and, and, you know, not just have a gym membership, but actually go to the gym. <laughs> I was really good at paying the gym. I just wasn't very good at actually using yeah. that payment for anything. It, so it's easy to pay, you know, yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> it's on auto pay. I don't even have to think about it. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's no problem. Yeah. I have a gym membership for yes. sure. 
There's no sweat yeah. of mine on that gym carpet. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's one of those weird things. And I feel like we we hit this. For me, it was like in my 30s. Like, you know, when when you're in your teens and early 20s, like it doesn't really matter that much. For me, like I could eat whatever I wanted. You know what I mean? Right. My metabolism was going through the roof and I was just like generally active in my life uh, in general. But from like when I hit my 30s, I, sp- I started spending a lot of a time at a desk, you know, just like sitting down and it, it takes a toll. It took a toll on my body and it took me a while to figure that out. You know, I just wasn't used to that. Like, oh, I can't just eat whatever I want. I can't just like not exercise for years and years and have this be fine because I'm sitting at a desk all the time. Like this is, this is physically bad for my body. And that was a big, like for my brain, you know, like this, I can't do this. Like I, if I don't, especially I live in Chicago, right. And it's like Arctic temperatures for half the year. Right. (laughs) Like, you know, you're not like going out and hanging out in the park with your friends, going to like a cookout, like playing volleyball in, you know, when it's negative five degrees outside with a negative 30 wind chill, like you're just not doing that. So unless you make a very conscious effort to like go exercise, like for me, I would spend half of the year with almost zero physical activity. And like, of course, that took a toll on the body. Like, of course. But like, it's one of those things where like, if you don't consciously get after it and like do it, then like, man, it caught up to me. It it just really did. And um, I'm glad it happened when it did because, you know, I was able to take action and turn around and, you know, start, start putting that work in and get in a place where like, my back doesn't hurt on a daily basis for like literally doing nothing. And, you know, that's, that's nice. So my health hero might be the, the random guy that I, I saw in the airport who I'll, I'll never know who he was, but he inspired me to do that's things great. differently. But, but I'm curious for you, this is, it's a little bit of a segue. See if this works. Um, who some of your, your creativity heroes have been, whether it was photographers or film guys or industrial designers, what like, who were some of the people you looked up to maybe coming up in the business and and who do you still look up to today? Yeah. So for me, it's always been about like people who follow their own voice and are, who are doing something that like no one else is doing. Uh, so coming up, uh, photographers like David LaChapelle was a big one because uh, his imagery is just out of this world. He, he was doing stuff in the height of his career that no one else was doing. And he managed to like rise, you know, very, very high in his career. He was photographing you know, uh, celebrities and doing just like out of this world's nut stuff. He would, you know, get people to like take their clothes off and like pour maple syrup all over them and get them like surrounded. Like <laughs> just like if you've never seen David LaChapelle's work, just do a Google search, do yourself a favor. Uh, just fantastic, fantastic stuff. So I'm always, you know, these days I'm inspired, inspired by a lot of uh, filmmakers uh, like uh, Alejandro Inaratu. Uh, and, uh, you know, people who like, who are just kind of pushing the boundaries and, and doing stuff that other people aren't doing. And it's, I, it's one of those things where like, I think the internet is <laughs> just like a, a little side note on the internet. Obviously the internet's fantastic. I love it for so many reasons. Uh, you know, but one of the things it does is it, it shows you what other people are doing all the time. And it's super easy to get caught up in that. And I think it almost makes it harder to do, to, to follow your own voice sometimes. And so when, you know, like 
I'm definitely inspired by a lot of people, but like, I feel like when I am inspiring myself and when I am being the type of person who would inspire me, if that makes any sense, yeah, like absolutely. I'm just doing the stuff that I think is cool, That that's it. And that's like, you know, it's not because someone else is doing it and I think they're cool. It's not because I saw that on Instagram. It's just like, I'm interested in this totally like making kombucha. I, I'm not the first person to make kombucha, but like, it's interesting to me and I wanted to make kombucha and like, so now I make kombucha, you know, and like that to me, not to say anyone should be inspired by that, <laughs> whatever, but like just the <laughs> idea of just like, you know, finding out what you're interested in, what you're passionate about and like, don't necessarily rely on what other people are doing. Just like, you know, everyone's got their own unique interests and passions and just like doing your best to follow through that. Uh, and, you know, though that's the type of activity that generally inspires me. So, um, you know, I find that inspiring people are people who are inspired. Like they mm. feel inspired by life. They're like interested in what they're doing. Like, you know, and that, that what they're interested in doesn't really matter so much for me. It's more just the fact that they are interested in something and being interested in something, in my opinion, makes you interesting. Yeah, I think when you take that that interest and marry that with like true curiosity, so it's not just I want to I want to check off the boxes, but I'm you know you kind of have a passion for it. I think that's where I loved. I love. I'm probably going to butcher it, but I'm going to listen back to this. And we're going to use this quote, but something about inspiring people or those who are being inspired. I think that's that's really awesome. For me anyway, you know, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> this is just ramblings of a dude, right? Like what, you know, I don't want to like, there's a many different ways to, to look at life. But yeah, that's for, for me, like, I always, I'm interested in talking with people when they are themselves super interested in something. Because it's like, you know, I had a conversation with a random person and like at the, it's like, now I know a lot about beekeeping, which is like, maybe I'm never going to be a beekeeper, but like, that's super cool. I had no idea about all the nuances of beekeeping. And it was because that person was super interested in beekeeping or whatever it is. That's, that's hilarious. So uh, maybe this is a good segue to um, creatives in general, I find are, are an obsessive lot. Some of us have, have several <laughs> obsessions that we're juggling. So uh, I'm curious for you, and this could be anything, you know, maybe, maybe plants is your horticulture is your, your obsession, <laughs> but what do you find that you are most obsessed with right now? Oh God. <laughs> it's just so funny because, uh, my business partner, Seth just said the other day, he's like, I'm constantly amazed at how you get obsessed with everything and you're always obsessed with something new and you're totally right it's like i find out something new it's like i'm interested and i just like i go the deepest dive in like i I ignore the no diving sign in the pool i'm going head first like until i you know crack my creative skull open like uh so right now and this is totally going to change in like five days by the way uh (laughs) let's see i am uh i am fermenting quite a bit of foods. Mm. So I am, I'm making sauerkraut. I'm fermenting, uh, uh, lemons. I'm fermenting garlic. I'm making kombucha, which is a fermented product. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm 
fermenting oats. So uh, I'm also very interested in eating raw plant-based food. Uh, so I want to I want to make raw food in as many possible ways that I can. Uh, I'm also super interested in dehydration. So I've got a food dehydrator, and I'm mixing together different raw and fermented foods, and then dehydrating them to create like. Uh, you know, it's like my little science experiments in the kitchen. Uh, so, uh, and also just like, uh, I try to eat as many plants as possible. So constantly trying to introduce new plants into my diet as well as herbs. Like I have, a, you know, this tea that I've been sipping on here. Yeah. This is, this is all herbs that, you know, up until, uh, a couple months ago, I had no idea what this is. So this is Codonopsis, uh, Astrologus, uh, faux tea, root, ashwagandha, which is a popular one, uh, rose, and uh, a little bit of ginseng in here as well, uh, and some uh, fenugreek in, in this tea, which is, you know, these are all just like plants that I had never even heard of before a couple months ago, but they're used uh, pretty extensively in like Chinese uh, culture, uh, they're known as like Chinese tonic herbs and, uh, they're, they're just other types of plants that I had never consumed in my life. So I'm, yeah. you know, experimenting with, uh, uh, consuming those as well. So, um, trying to just take all these, you know, and I love to cook and I, I love to eat and, you know, take all these things and, and kind of bring them into, uh, um, plus I grow a lot of plants. So I, I work with plants and, um, you know, it all kind of like, I'm just one day, I'm just going to like start like sprouting like a, like a, like a branch out of the side of my head and like grow in like, a, I, I know it's going to happen someday. He's going to um, turn into Groot. Just have a little, yeah, yeah I'll, just, I'll, just be, I'll just be Groot later in life. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so those are, those are some of my, uh, current, oh yeah. And I'm making fermented coconut yogurt as well, which is fantastic by the way. Um, I love so, that all of your food obsessions are like dehydrated and fermented. It's like variations on food gone bad. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, like, how can we like, just... what else? Can we age some meat and like other? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just want so funny to me, but that's really, funny. yeah. I, I just like taking things and like cranking on them, you know, like, Oh, what can we, what can we do with this? I'm growing mushrooms as well. That's super fun. Very difficult, but it's fun. Um, so yeah, just like, you know, doing like little science experiments and then for me if you do it with food you get to eat the food and that's like mm. great yeah indeed um yeah I was, <laughs> so on a, is... I was on a broccoli sprout kick there for a while and then i just forgot to keep making them but um i gotta get get back on that because those are those are delicious and in, in omelets or uh shakes or whatever it was just great little i've never color. had broccoli spr- see look now you just broccoli started sprouts. A you buy these uh these little tiered uh, tray things on the interwebs and then you can buy the broccoli seeds by, in bulk and you just kind of soak them one day and then you rinse them off every every 12 hours or something and you get like the little little microgreen sprouts thing is it like it's pretty awesome like sprouting like mung beans things like that yeah it looks looks a lot like a bean sprout um cool. they're broccoli and the uh we could nerd out about this for a long time but there's uh supposed to be some some amazing um nutrients in the sprout level like it's just yeah it's super it's crazy oh cool i'm gonna do it and then i'm gonna try fermenting those oh 
fermented what, broccoli sprouts. Well, once you, I mean, that's what like tempeh is, right? It's like fermented soy, right? But like oh, yeah. once you bring fermentation into the mix, you start introducing all these like really interesting bacterial cultures that like kind of start breaking down food before you eat it. And then it adds to like the beneficial bacteria that's in your digestive system. So digesting this stuff becomes like very, very easy on your body. And it's also like enhancing and building like the, you know, like the uh, microflora in, in your body, which is super, um, I might not have used that word correctly, but um, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to cool. call uh, this, uh, this episode, the obsessed with microbiome <laughs> <laughs> for all the, all the digestive benefits of uh, this week's show. Yeah. Um, so maybe to uh, shift gears a little bit, I'm curious, uh, you know, you've, you've done some pretty awesome things, including building Flurn in the first place is pretty awesome. Congratulations, congratulations on that. But thank you. Um, what, what are maybe some dream projects that you have, uh, in the pipeline that you're, you're excited to work on in the future? Uh, so <laughs> a lot of it has to do with plants. Uh, you know, if, uh, you know, um, I, I really, I'm really excited about, I live in Chicago right now, but I'm really excited about uh, growing a lot of my own food. So um, growing food, most of that needs to happen outdoors, but let's keep things back into photography and, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, uh, and, and the business. Uh, as far as the business is concerned, uh, you know, what we're doing now is like, so we've spent the last 10 years making like the best possible educational content we can. And what we've learned along the way is like the process of creating this great education. So like other, everywhere from like finding out what people want to learn to planning that type of content and, you know, figuring out the best way to get that information to people and then delivering it on our platform. Like we spent the last 10 years cultivating that and we've got a team of people who are just like cranking, man. We, we like, we got this flow down. And so for me, it's so exciting to bring new people into that. So photographers, graphic designers, illustrators, people out there who are doing incredible work, I want to bring them into our platform and basically help them share their genius, help them share their knowledge with the rest of the world. And then we kind of like take care of all the nitty gritty. You know, we, we take care of the process and just kind of like, you know, float them on a cloud through the entire thing. So <laughs> For me, that's like super, super cool. And uh, we've worked with some fantastic artists. Uh, we just released a tutorial with Rob Woodcox, who's a conceptual photographer. His work is out of this world. Uh, Instagram at Rob Woodcox photo. Uh, we released a tutorial with Elise Swopes recently on Instagram at Swopes. She does these incredible composite photos on her phone everything on her phone and she's working with fortune 500 companies she is a powerhouse chicago native super super cool lady and she's going to teach you on flurn.com how to make these incredible composite images literally just with your phone uh all these incredibly talented super cool artists to me it's like i'm an artist i love sharing what i learn and like helping create you know spread the creative message and the idea of like bringing other artists and creatives together to help them spread their creative message is uh, that's what drives me forward 
in my business. That's what like makes me excited about tomorrow and the next day is like, let's bring these people who are already doing these amazing things and like, let's put a spotlight on them and let's share their work with the world. So I'm, I'm curious at Flurn if there is maybe a favorite piece of advice that you share with new team members, or maybe, maybe there's a favorite piece of advice that you've received that you'd like to share with us. Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, like I, I do my best to try to create a work environment that's just like super like comfortable. And like, I, I want everyone who's come in and out of the doors at Flurn to feel like they had a great experience. And, you know, for me, that's like, just be yourself, you know, like, be who you are like everyone has their own unique like skill sets and, and and ideas and mentalities and like that's what makes them unique and like you know i i want all that stuff present at the company like you know i have a cool idea for something someone else has a totally different idea for something like you know i want there to be a space where we can discuss these ideas and like take little bits of everyone's ideas and make something better out of it. Like mm -hmm. that to me is like way more interesting than like the idea that at a company, one person knows the answers to everything because that's just never true for one. And that puts a lot more stress on that individual. So no, thank you. So anyone I'm working with, like, you know, first and foremost, I look for a couple of things. One is like, are you a hard worker? Are you a passionate person? Are you going to come to work and give it your all? Like, that's super important. Second, like culture. Are you going to fit in with the people who are here? Like, I'm not trying to have like an antagonist, like, you know, person who's trying to show that they're better than everyone else in the office. Like, no, thank you. Like, you know, like, let's all get along. Let's like, let's work as a team here. Uh, that's super duper important. Um, and then, you know, can I, can, can I give you a task and can you run with this? Like, you know, is this something where like, uh, ask me a bunch of questions at the beginning, get your head wrapped around this and then like go for it and, you know, take the ownership and like make this happen. This is, you know, like I want to empower people to be able to like do their jobs without having to ask me about every step, uh, along the way and, and, and build practices to where that, to where that trust is earned over time. Um, and then I'm also, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a slow growth type of person. Like, I'm like, you know, we talked about, I want to be like a tree, right? So, <laughs> you know, trees are like super slow, but like, you know, check out those redwoods. They're pretty awesome. They're giant and really strong and going to live way longer than we are. So like for businesses, I take the same approach. Like, I'm not like, I don't want to like get a bunch of money, try to hire a bunch of people, grow as fast as possible, spin this thing off and try to sell it like that. That's to me, just not interesting at all. I appreciate slow growth. I appreciate, you know, like finding and like building on the nuances and, uh, you know, constant evolution and, and making things more efficient as better as possible. So like, you know, what we're doing this year what can we do with just about the same team next year, but 15% more efficient? And then what about the year after that? Like, of course we bring people on, but it's more interesting to do that as like a slow growth. That way, you know, the culture doesn't escape us. We don't find ourselves a few years down the line with like, I don't even know the people who work at my company. Like what's going on here? Like, I, you know, like this isn't, this isn't what I wanted it to be. This isn't what I signed up for. So, 
um, you know, that's, that's more interesting to me. You know, my, my younger brother is a, um, movie film producer, director, and also the other half of his time he spends as a pastor. So he's, he's maybe philosopher might be the overarching bit of that, but yeah, one of the things that he taught me was, you know, things that tend to grow like weeds are probably weeds. (laughs) Things that grow slow and steady in nature. Those are the things you want around. So I think that's a, that's a great point of view. Cool. I dig that. Uh, I dig that thought. Well, Hey Aaron, before we let you go, um, I'm curious what your favorite, either uh, your favorite, uh, YouTube episode has been so far, or maybe what your favorite lesson on Flurn is for folks who are just jumping in. Well, I think recently the episode where I had my mom, uh, you know, that, <laughs> that was pretty that to me was just like, <laughs> yes, uh, she's such a natural, I like no training and she absolutely killed it. So, you know, that, that's a big standout one. I think it's called like, you know, Aaron teaches his mom Photoshop or like professional photo editor teaches mom, just go to, you know, either flurn.com or check out flurn on YouTube. You'll find it because we just released it. Uh, and then, sorry, what was the second part of that question? Uh, what's your favorite Flurn lesson? My favorite or Flurn maybe lesson. maybe a good place to start. Yeah, a good place to start is like, whenever you're working on an image, it can be really difficult to know where you're going if you don't have a plan when you start. So hmm. my big advice is no matter what you want to do, create a plan beforehand. And it can be a simple plan, like, I would just want to make this image a little bit brighter and it was kind of a sunny day. So I want to make it warmer and this person's face is in a little bit of shadow. So I want to make their face a little bit brighter. Like if that's your whole plan, fantastic. Like go for it and then do those couple of things. And then guess what? You're done. If you have a more complex plan or something you want to do, fantastic. But having a plan gives you a start point and an end point and it lets you know what you want to do. So before you start editing your images, before you start any type of creative process, I would say like, what do you want the end product to look like? And once you have a clear idea of that end product, it makes creating that product so much easier. Well, Hey, I guess maybe I should point out, maybe I should have said this a while ago. This episode is not sponsored by Flurn. You know, if (laughs) Flurn wants to sponsor me, we can talk about that later. But, um, you know, one of the episodes that I saw um, teased on the homepage was that Ultimate Guide Delight Room, which sounded like something that that I could definitely use. But uh, I'm excited to be able to share that uh, that discount code now with listeners. Mind if I do that? Please. All right. So, guys, you can go to flern.com. That's P-H-L-E-A-R-N.com and enter code OBSESSED, O-B-S-E-S-S-E-D, 20 obsessed i even spelled that wrong <laughs> no that's right right obsessed obsss spell obsessed 20 <laughs> <laughs> that's a tough one it's a discount code good lord so anyhow go there use the discount code you'll save 20 percent off of your subscription for flirn that's awesome so thank you for doing that for our listeners yeah for sure and the coolest thing about that is like you know you can get a dis- even bigger discount if you sign up for an annual subscription and then basically, you know, you pay once a year and you get access to every single tutorial on Flirt.com. Plus we have awesome assets like Lightroom presets, Photoshop actions that just make your job like so much easier in Photoshop. Mm. So uh, 
yeah, it's uh, I, I I love this. For years, we did like a a la carte where you purchase tutorials individually. We mm. made the move over to subscription a couple of years ago, and I just I love it so much because it's like, oh, you just get everything now, like perfect, you know, right. like. That way you can start off learning about Lightroom and then it's like, whoa, wait a second. This like professional level photo compositing looks pretty cool too. Let me try that. You know, it's like a breakfast buffet. Do I want the bacon? Do I want the sausage? Like just get it all. <laughs> yes. get it all. Get it all in there. All of <laughs> Put the it in dehydrated. A and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Aaron, it's been awesome chatting with you today. Um, before we let you go, tell all of our listeners where else they can connect with you on the internet and uh, and track down Flurn again. Yeah, so we are on uh, Flurn on every platform imaginable. So YouTube.com, just type in Flurn. That's P-H, like Photoshop photography, Learn. So Flurn. Uh, we're on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and of course, Flurn.com is where you can find all of our content, including our free tutorials as well. Well, Aaron, thank you for being with us today and thank you for being obsessed with design. <laughs> Just obsessed in general. <laughs> <laughs> obsessed with fill in the blank. Kombucha, 100%. dehydrated foods, plants. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. For sure. Okay, kids, that's show number 128 in the books. For all of today's show notes, head over to obsessedshow.com. And for those of you who are still listening, you are the obsessed of the obsessed. And if you'd like to support what's going on here at Obsessed Show, I would love it if you would check out patreon.com slash Josh Miles and see if you'd like to kick in a few bucks an episode. It would mean a ton to me. And thank you from the bottom of my heart. You can get all of today's show notes on our website, still at obsessedshow.com. And if you haven't already while you're there, add your email address to our newsletter. I'll update you on some of my favorite new episodes and some cool things I find in my daily obsessions. Of course, all the links are over at obsessedshow.com to all the places you can find this show, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Spotify. So no matter where you find your podcasts, chances are you can listen to Obsessed Show from there. Just head over to obsessedshow.com. The Obsessed Show learned to be a Photoshop ninja master. Ed Miles Herndon, a branding agency in beautiful downtown Indianapolis. Visit milesherndon.com to learn more. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.